Okay, everyone places. This is the final scene, so let's make this one count. And... Action! Hello and welcome to Popcorn, your guide to what's now playing in theaters. I am your host, Kaylee, and with me is my amazing co-host, Tuesday. Well, hello. The latest Christopher Nolan film is hitting theaters, and it covers the World War II disaster of Dunkirk. Now, uh, this little bit of history may not be so well known for people who aren't history buffs or World War II buffs, but I was doing some research and it was basically equal, at least in the minds, British and French soldiers. It was like their Pearl Harbor Day. It was their wake up call day that this war was something that they had to really take seriously. The enemy tanks have stopped. Why? Why waste precious tanks when they can pick us off from the air like fish in a barrel? There are 400,000 men on this beach. And a bit of background that you may not necessarily know going into the film is that there was a lot of confusion um, about what was happening with the enemy. Um, German troops were advancing and pushing I believe it was the Dutch, as well as the Belgium, French, and English troops out. And um, this was uh, apparently before a time that their radios were really fashionable to be using as a way of communication. Some of the old vanguard top brass were like, we're not going to use that because anybody could be listening to your conversations. It was kind of their thinking. So everything was done by wires and wires got cut. So it was just like a mass exodus to get out. But nobody could really tell how close the enemy was, what was going on. So as they were trying to evacuate from France, the uh, the soldiers were just standing there waiting and they were just getting plowed down by German uh, Stuka fighter jets. Uh, their, their warships were getting bombed. Like it was just utter, utter chaos. And Christopher Nolan takes us there in a very interesting way. Christopher Nolan does a fantastic job at giving a a portrayal in three different areas. So we see the fight as both land, sea, and air. Uh, in those, we are given separate time frames as to what's going on in each section. So very similar to Memento and Inception, uh, don't expect this to follow a linear pattern of any sort because clearly air is going to get there quicker than sea, etc. So you kind of see how that that plays along um, by that kind of triad of possibilities in the war. I, while I consider myself a World War II buff, I did go in with minimal background on this specific battle. Um, but what I appreciated is the film went right into it. We had a minute amount of information going in, and it really hit the ground running, and I appreciated that. It really, it started from beginning to end, nonstop action, uh, and you really got to see it in the eyes of all perspectives, uh, which I absolutely thought was interesting. One thing I, I enjoyed that Nolan did um, when we're seeing scenes on the beach, 
uh, of the, our allied troops uh, really trying to just get out, lining up to get onto any ship, any, any way, even if it's, you know, med- a medical ship, a warship, anything. He does this amazing portrayal of our troops, almost like, um, like an ant with a magnifying glass. They just have nowhere to go. It's just air raid after air raid, and they can do nothing but lay on the ground. Um, they don't know where bombs are going to drop, etc. And it's it. That's all I can see is a little kid playing with a magnifying glass with ants. You know, it's just they had nowhere to go, and that was a gorgeous portrayal that he had. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he was really able to just capture the terror. I think with a lot of war films, there's there's a romance that goes into it. There's uh there there's almost this glorification of war. And I don't feel like this film did that. Uh, this was really just, we're going to take you there. And another interesting thing, there's almost no dialogue in this film. You, and as Tuesday said, you're following three groups. You're following the, the Tommy boys there on the beach. And then you're following uh, the British, two British fighter pilots. And then um, the... The ships who are coming from England, these are civilian ships who taken up the call that they their troops need help. So these, these are civilian ships sailing out there, which is partly what makes this story real amazing and particularly, um, I think, touching for for, you know, the British at home. You know, the, their people stood up to help their army, um, which would have been wiped out, it sounds like, if they had not come to get them out of there. Um, between the the stukas and the u-boats and everything that was that was happening but the no dialogue it made it so that any of these soldiers it could have been anybody in that war we didn't have to focus on one historical figure and i think i like that because if if you're looking at this if you had a grandparent or a great-grandparent who fought in this war like that could have been him and i felt like it was a very interesting way to portray the war even though we had some big name actors in here like it was tom hardy um kenneth branagh um harry styles <laughs> apparently is an actor now and he was in it and i guess you could say our lead actor if if we can even call him that uh was played by uh Fionn whitehead and he was very good for, for not being able to speak, not a non-speaking role. He was able to just really fully capture the, the terror, um, but also the, the drudgery, the waiting. Playing off that, uh, I, that's probably one of the most important aspects of the film that I enjoyed was that we don't have a single protagonist. Uh, like any war, we don't have a single hero. There's little things that happened throughout the film that saved each other's lives. And I think that that was the honest portrayal of war is we don't have that one hero. This isn't this isn't a fantasy tale. This is true life. And there are little things that happen throughout war that make or break a battle. And I don't think we always play into that with films. So having no single person we were following was absolutely amazing. Uh, also, I agree the air uh, the air fights were dazzling to watch. Um, within that, the thing I found most interesting was we never actually see Nazis. They are a a ghost in your closet as a child. We we don't see them. They're almost like this this scary abstract ghost that 
we never see. And I think that makes it so much more powerful when we're discussing uh, the airborne battles that we're watching is they're just these hidden figures. And it's it's super interesting to watch. And it's terrifying, uh, for sure. And uh, I, I got to make a note here. Good old Hans Zimmerman. <laughs> he does the music. And you can definitely tell it's a Hans Zimmerman piece. But there's one thing that um, I'm not sure how much Hans Zimmerman had uh, influence on this idea. But between him and Christopher Nolan and the rest of the production team, there was, like, the moment the action started, somebody hit, like, a stopwatch. And it was tick, 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 tick. It was sounding like a bomb was going to go off any moment. And that ticking did not stop until the very end. So just that made you really hyper, like aware and intense. Like I was gripping the entire time, I was jumping with every gunshot, which is not usual for me. Um, but part of it too, uh, just like uh, I was going to say with Interstellar, Christopher Nolan's last film that I saw, this film Dunkirk is so loud the the effects and the music it's almost to the point where you can't hear the dialogue when there is dialogue so that part is a bit much uh, I would recommend bringing earplugs and save your ears because you're not going to miss anything by wearing them it's that loud um, but a, a overall fantastic film it's definitely like Tuesday said a very different take with the three different timelines literal timelines but overall i would highly recommend this movie it's going to be a major temple in the war film category for sure you can quote me now they there this this film will be receiving awards in our upcoming season uh, i can bet you that so if you want to know what the praise is all about i would definitely check it out uh did you have any favorite uh characters actors I'm going to say, um, for me, I really actually enjoyed Tom Hardy uh, being the fighter pilot. I, I mean, if you want to glob onto any sort of hero figure, I won't spoil it, but at the end, what he manages to do is he is really like the hero figure uh, in, in that moment. And it just really stood out to me. And what he could do... Even though, like, he was essentially crippled at the end with his plane, and then he was still able to pull through at the end. Uh, I really enjoyed that. And I also, you know, his a lot of his acting had to be in his eyes because he had his face covered by his little uh, pilot face mask thing with the radio. So. Almost Bane-like, if you're really thinking. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, because I, mean, I know Bane in the Batman movies, you have to portray so much with your eyes. And that's all I was thinking with these actors in the air was, oh, how Bane-like. I and like it. that was it. Tom Hardy, too. Oh, really? <laughs> that's why. <laughs> um, it's interesting that you were uh, by, by air. I was by sea. Uh, my favorite was actually the characters, including Mr. Dawson, in Mr. Dawson's boat. Mm. Mark um, Rylance was yes, him. He absolutely amazing. Just um, how that boat works together as a team, as well as how the dichotomy changes when they start pulling soldiers into their boat, and seeing how um, how the struggle continues when we add people, we lose people. Uh, I I really liked that character development in the boat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. 
Definitely. I think uh, it's a resounding go see it from us here at Popcorn. And you can get more reviews by visiting us online at popcornfanfilmreviews.weebly.com or come find us on social media. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Just look up Popcorn Fan Film Reviews. And thanks for listening. Thank you.